Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. Turn in the book of Acts with me. Acts, the 19th chapter. And uh, the name of the sermon today is, but wait, there's more. As seen in Acts 19. I had him put that graphic up there because, uh, you know, Billy, I forgot his last name. He used to sell um, OxyClean. Remember that? But wait, there's more. And really, it could be question mark because when we read this text, you're going to see that the audience is actually saying, wait, wait, there's more? Yes. There's more. I want, I want to make sure you know, everybody in here today, everybody watching online, that in your relationship with God, there's always more for you. That God always has more for you. That, that we are becoming aware of the all-knowing power, the holiness of God, the being in all places at all time thing of God. Like, God is so amazing, and we're still learning more and more about Him. Even those of us that have been around for a long time, and um, really today is a, is a message in the book of Acts to set all that up, okay? So before you start talking about discipleship or, you know, prayers for healing or, you know, God helping you in other facets of your life or you stepping into ministry or serving or whatever that there is in the fullness of our life with God, if you haven't gone through these elementary steps that we're going to read about in Acts 19, then there's really no reason to even think about the depths or the other things about God because these are the elemental parts. These are the very basic parts. Um, Acts 18 talks about a man named Apollos who's from the city of Ephesus, and he learns the fullness of Jesus and goes, um, starts traveling around the world, and that's kind of where we pick up in Acts 19. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Somebody say believers. He found several believers in Jesus. I'm talking to people here today that are believers in Jesus, and there's probably people in here today that aren't believers in Jesus, and that's okay. You're welcome at Promised Land. I want you to know that. You're welcome to hang out. You're welcome to spy on us or whatever you need to do to look at what's, what's going on. What's this church thing about? What's this Christianity thing about? This is a safe place for you to do that. I also want to let you know that today could be the day of salvation for you. That today could be the day that you surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. So, so this is sort of the same environment that Paul was in when he found several believers. He asked them a question in verse 2 that's very, very profound. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe, he asked them. And, and another, another translation says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you've believed? So what that's teaching us and telling us is that there is another level. But wait, there's more? Yeah, there is more. You can receive the Holy Ghost. Woo, that's more, that's different. That's a new level. 
Maybe you're here today and you have a faith in Jesus. And you didn't know, but you're just like the people. What? I can receive the Holy Ghost? Yes. There's more for you. And then he's like, wait a minute. You haven't heard of the Holy Spirit? Maybe we should back up even further. And he says, so, okay, so if that's the case, uh, he asked him, well, first of all, they said, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Then verse 3 says, then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They replied, the baptism of John. Verse 4, Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. That's good. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Verse 5 says, as soon as they heard this. I love that. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized. It doesn't say that Paul's like, okay, hang on, you need to go through an eight-week Bible study. Right? Well, hang on, we got to make sure, we need to make sure you understand the theology of the Greek and the Hebrew and the... Nope. Have you been baptized into Jesus? No. Let's baptize you right now. How do we know that they're eligible for baptism? Because... They believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? The very next thing that happens after you believe in Jesus is that you're water baptized into a new identity. Believe in Jesus. Water baptism, look what it says. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Wait, there's more? Oh, yeah, there's more. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There was about 12 men in all. Let me tell you what happened at the 830 service. There was about five people registered for baptism. They were ready and prepared, sitting just like we had a whole row of y'all, 10 10 o'clock service. Y'all ready? Yep. Yeah, come on, celebrate that. That's awesome. But then at the conclusion of the message, which is going to happen in about 11 or 12 minutes from now, because it's going to be a short message, uh, I gave the invitation for anybody else that wants to be baptized, go out to the foyer right now while we're singing this worship song. You're going to get a bag from the team out there. They're going to show you what to do, and we're going to start lining you up. And I would pray for people. This happened just an hour ago. I would pray for people in this doorway and lay hands on them, and they begin to weep before the Lord. And the presence of God entered into their physical body. You could see a shit. Like some of, the, some of the young ladies, as they were walking in the door, they were already just the countenance had shifted and changed when the presence of the Lord began to move in their life. This was not any sort of coercion, manipulation, emotionalism. Um, I'm not that good. I'm not that good of a speaker. I'm not. But God is good enough. Come on. Jesus is good enough. So as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I just want to say that the very first step in any of this is to say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. I say yes to you. The first thing is to believe in the work of Jesus. That we as broken people made mistakes, messed up, 
maybe failed, maybe got divorced, maybe bankrupt, you know, whatever it is. There's things in our life that we're not proud of, think chapters in our life that we'd never, we don't talk to people about. So there's brokenness in our life. And how could a broken person be in relationship to a holy and perfect God that's never made a mistake, never had any issues, right? There's just no camaraderie. There's nothing that connects us. There's nothing that makes us eligible as a broken human being to be in relationship with a holy God. So all the other religions of the world give you a path to God up the mountain that at some point you'll reach the top of the mountain and God will be there and you'll be at a place of holiness, right? But Christianity is the only one that says, no, 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 you'll never get to the top of the mountain on your own. And so Jesus comes down the mountain to us and is born as one of us and, and, and lives the life that we all have wanted to live our whole life. He lives a perfect life that we all want to live and then willingly lays that life down and sacrifice his himself and says, I will take on your sin. I will take on your shame. And if you will believe in me and you'll trust in me, I will transfer my righteousness to you if you'll transfer your sin to me. And you will be saved. Acts chapter 1 says that anyone, anyone in here that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. And I could go through a list of things that have happened in people's lives at this church in little old San Marcos that would blow your mind. And they are saved by the grace of Jesus. So maybe you've come in here today and you're like, not me. If you knew me, and I love this story. And one time years ago, this guy came and was like, I'm afraid lightning's going to strike when I get into that baptistry. Well, the Apostle Paul, who is teaching this message, killed Christians. So I'm pretty sure you're going to make it, okay? When you trust in Jesus. You say, trust in Jesus? That seems so cheap. No, no, it's very expensive because Jesus paid the price. It cost him his life. He was beaten and stripped naked, stabbed, put a crown of thorns on his head. They they spit at him and insulted him. They nailed him to a cross and hung him naked in front of the world. And he hung there in our place. He hung there in your place. That's expensive. That costs a lot. And he's, his arms were stretched wide. He died on that cross. They took him down, put him in a tomb. But then on the third day, he rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead, conquering death. So he's the perfect sacrifice of sin. Because he came out of that tomb. He's alive. He's still alive. And he's calling to everyone in here. If you will just trust in me. If you'll trust in the work that I have done for you. You will be with God forever and ever and ever. So I speak that to you today. Maybe you came in here today not really thinking about that. But I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit is drawing you in. Drawing you in to the presence of the Lord. And so... It's a simple thing, but it's very life-changing. It takes like 30 seconds for you to say yes to Jesus. It, and, it, and it's not complicated. It doesn't take a lot of Hebrew words or old English. Thou fatherest in heaven, come beeth my God. You don't have to say it. You don't have to talk like that. Just talk like yourself. 
And we're going to do this here in a minute. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And if you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, you're in. Jesus is saving you. And it's a process, a beautiful, beautiful process that you are justified by your faith. You're right with God. You have righteousness. You're right with God because of your faith in Jesus. And so I want to encourage anybody in here today that uh, would like to do that, to put your faith in Jesus. And when that happens, when that happens, the Bible's very clear. The very next thing to do is for you to be water baptized. That is your public declaration of your faith. It's like my wedding ring right here. This is my public covenant declaration of my covenant with Erica, right? And I haven't taken this ring off since 2014. And so when you kind of slide it like this, there's a big indention in my finger right there because I want everyone to know, I want to remind myself, I want to remind the devil and everybody, I'm married to Erica, right? That's my public declaration. What if, what if I was like, babe, when I go out, I'm just going to put this in the garage, because our relationship is between, like, we're, we're good. You know I love you. I do love you. That's a private, that's between. She would be like, hey, you can stay out, right? You can, you can go out and stay out. This is a public declaration. So we're baptized in the water. It is a symbol of being buried with Christ. That's what Romans 6 says. We're buried with him in Christ, and then we come out with a new identity, the fullness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with a new name in our life, the name that is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a new identity that you come up out of that water. And so um, I want to encourage you today to take that step of baptism if you've never taken it before. Maybe some of you were baptized as a child, um, and you don't remember it. It wasn't your decision. It was a parent's decision. Maybe you were sprinkled or dunked or whatever, and, and, and maybe you got baptized. I talked to someone at the first service. He said, I got baptized because I wanted to baptize my son, and they made me get baptized in order to baptize him. So she got rebaptized today. You say, rebaptized? That's exactly what we just read. They were baptized earlier in another way, and they got rebaptized. Because they had made the choice to follow Jesus. It's called believer's baptism. That means the person being baptized has made the choice themselves to follow Jesus. And so therefore you're baptized after that choice. That's why we have shirts that say, I have decided. The old song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Right? That's what baptism is all about. We are making that decision. I have made that decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you were baptized to get married. You had to get baptized, get married in certain churches or whatever. It's like this very legalistic thing, and you went through that legalistic process. That's not what we believe here at Promised Land. We believe that if you have made the choice to follow Jesus, then it's time for you, as soon as you hear this, Right? Verse 5, as soon as you hear this, you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's other folks in here. Maybe you have been baptized after you, after you believed. But wait, there's more. 
You can be filled. Come on, band, help me out. Y'all ready? I mean, like, literally get ready to play. Yeah. They're like, we're with you, Pastor. Yeah. Wow, like, that's your cue. Let's go. Uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about the receiving of the Holy Ghost. There's more? Oh, yeah, there's more. What do you mean there's more? All throughout the book of Acts, they would go into a new city. They would talk to people. Do you believe in Jesus? Just like we've been talking about. Have you been baptized? Let's get baptized right now. In one part, it said, in one scripture, it says, is there anything keeping these people from being baptized? Nope. Meaning, is there anything in your life you're holding on to and you won't let go because you got to let go of all those that hold on to Jesus? Is there anything you're holding on to your life and you won't let go of it? That's the only thing that keeps you from being baptized. And then the very next thing was like, have you received the Holy Ghost? Received the Holy Ghost, yeah. In Acts 2, they all believed in Jesus, yet they had not received the Holy Spirit in this baptism way. And so you'll read it. It fell on them. It came upon them. It filled them. And all throughout the book of Acts, you see that subsequent experience happened to people who already believed in Jesus. Now, we believe, and the Bible is very clear, that the Holy Spirit leads you to repentance. So the Holy Spirit is active in your life even before you know it. Some of you may have come here today just out of accident or, you know, just to hang out with a friend or whatever. Maybe you're trying to date someone. They're like, you got to come to church with me. (laughs) That's not why you're here. You're here because the Holy Spirit is drawing you here. Maybe using a person and flowing through that person, but it's really not that reason. God is wooing you. God's saying, hey, come dance with me for a lifetime, right? So the Holy Spirit is working in our life before we even know it. Then it draws, he draws us to repentance, and there is a presence of the Lord that is around us when we believe in Jesus, but there is definitely, throughout the book of Acts, a falling a coming upon you, a filling, a manifestation of the Holy Ghost that is subsequent and powerful enough to actually have an outward sign. And that's called the gifts of the Spirit. And I don't have time to go into all that today, but there's actually nine different gifts of the Spirit. There's prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. That's what we talked about. That's what happened to these particular people. But there's also faith, discernment, miracles, Uh, healings, wisdom, knowledge. And so the gifts of the Spirit will manifest, the Spirit of God will manifest Himself in your life so that you actually have evidence of Him being in your life. And then there's the, the fruit of the Spirit that happen when we're filled. The love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And so, and so maybe you, you haven't even been aware or conscious of that, that there could be a baptism of the Holy Spirit onto your life, an infilling of the Holy Spirit into your life, and that, you know, I I was initially filled with this baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was a teenager, and at 46 years old, I still say, Lord, fresh, give me a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost. Come on. 
There's a lot of different metaphors in the Bible for the presence of the Lord. There's oil, fire, wind, fresh wind blow across my weary soul. Holy Ghost, fill me up today. Let there be a fire that burns in me, God, that is not of my own unction, but it is of the Holy Spirit. God, let there be fresh oil, an anointing of God that comes over my life, that shifts my thinking and transforms me even now, even in this moment. Would you stand to your feet right now? I want us to go to God in prayer. And then we're going to sing some worship songs and baptize people. How about that? So if God is calling your heart right now, I want us to pray. Would you join with me in prayer right now? Just say, Heavenly Father, I welcome you into my heart. Come on, you got to say this on your own. I'm going to lead you, but I can't pray this prayer for you. Say, Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. Fill my life. I trust in you, Jesus. I don't understand it all yet, but I'm willing. I have faith in you, Jesus. Thank you for giving your life for me. Please forgive me of my sin. I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, you are my Savior. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you did the work for me. And I'm excited about what my life's going to look like. Let's pray right now for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Would you join with me right now? Some of you can just raise your hands like a funnel. Lord, fill me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet with the beautiful presence of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray for a manifestation in my life that overcomes every obstacle, that overcomes every excuse. God, that will be a beautiful thing. It'll be a thing full of peace. It'll be a thing full of joy. It'll be a thing full of love. It'll be a movement in my life that's undeniable. Lord, a manifestation that transcends the moment, transcends my circumstances. And Lord, begins a new season, a new day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.